If you'd like to contact the show, send us an email at liveonfourlegspodcast at gmail.com or get involved in the conversation on social media. Join the Pearl Jam Podcast community group on Facebook or follow us on Twitter at liveonfourlegspod. We thought we were out of there. We thought we were still seeing all you New York. So I mean, everybody in the front, all the New Yorkers got the Missies, and all the people from Connecticut are all on the fucking back. And away we go. You're listening to Live on Four Legs, the live Pearl Jam podcast experience, featuring Mr. Stone Gossip. Fucking camera in the truck. everybody now welcome to live on four legs a definitive live pearl jam podcast and today we're going to 1998 the yield tour this is one of my favorite tours it is my favorite album so we'll be doing a lot of stuff that i like and not just that but we're in hartford today hartford connecticut can you believe that that if you didn't know is it's my home state it is where i live Uh, i don't live near hartford anymore but i used to live about 15 minutes from the xl center 15 minutes from the meadows where this venue uh, was i've seen acts like tom petty and uh counting crows and and dave Chappelle and the likes there and we'll have a lot to talk about with this and it's also a patreon request so why don't we just get into it because i I can blab and make an intro all, all you want but you just want us covering Pearl Jam. So, Randy Sobel over here, John Farrar over there. Hello. John, are, uh, I don't, you know, actually, this is funny. I don't think you've done a Hartford show on this yeah. show because yeah. we, we've done two of them. One was in the Matt era, and then one, Matt was on, and uh, Dave Jan- Jantash of uh, LiveFootsteps.org was, was, was on yeah. as well. And we kind of, I, I guess you, you, uh, you ducked out because Matt wanted to cover big wave in that show. So that, it, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so a lot uh, of people got yeah. a lot of things that they yeah. wanted. Yeah. I, I was curious though, like, cause you know, you, people know you talk about Hartford and Hartford shows. Where does this rank as far as shows that you wish you had been at? This 1998 one? Yeah, this this show in particular because it's got it's oh, got your I song. It's in your it's yeah. in your spot. I think, but you that, weren't you weren't living there at the time. You were living in New York, right? Oh, I was I was twelve at the time. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. this was not a part of yeah. my life. I think yeah. the earliest point that I probably could have gone to Connecticut and had it made sense 
would probably be that 2008 show. And yes, I do regret that one. If there's any that I actually do regret, I should have woke up the next day after that MSG show, the first show that I ever went to. I should have looked to see where they were playing and I should have said, fuck it going to Connecticut. I don't care how we're getting tickets. We could talk to people, whatever we should have just went for it. And it just wasn't on my mind either. I I know I was taking summer classes at the time, but you know, my bro, my brother was living out here. I could easily stayed with my brother. That would have been no problem, but that show, I would have gotten Brandon J. I would have gotten sad. I believe I would have gotten a ton of stuff that I don't think I've ever heard before. That would be the one. This show, you know, I don't know where it ranks on the Hartford show. And maybe that's that's a conversation that we get into later because there's been six. I've been to two and I really, really love the two that I've been to. And I think that they might even be top two or three. I think I think the last three from Hartford is really where you get the actual Hartford experience. And hmm. what I mean by that, and John, you're probably rolling your eyes and, and scowling at me right now, but uh, I have to bring this up every time we do talk about Hartford, is that the reason why it's important, and it's important to me for so many reasons, but the reason why I think the crowd is what it is and and the venue means something more than just a random spot in a small state out of out of out of the 50. It, it, it feels like Connecticut's pretty insignificant when it comes to other states, which, yeah, it probably is. But in this facet, you got to think about location, 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 location. We are close to Boston. We are close to New York. We are in driving distance. If you want to have a good three to four hour drive from Philadelphia, Jersey, there are a lot of options for people that are going and doing a full length circuit on the tour to say, okay, well, they're playing MSG a couple nights, they're playing Mansfield a couple nights. Yeah, the way that you travel to get to all those places is through Hartford. Of course, it just makes it so easy. So you get, and I've always called it the melting pot of Pearl Jam fans when you get all of that. And, and I know that you can get that everywhere, and, and you do get that everywhere. I mean, you, we probably got it at Sea Here Now. We probably will get it at the next show that's in the Northeast area, no matter if it's in Boston or New York. We probably had it at the Fenway shows. But this is unique because you kind of don't expect the Hartford crowd. You don't know what it is. Like, is it kind of a place when I, when I'm thinking capitals, I'm, I'm not trying to compare. I'm just thinking other capital cities, like, like an Albany, like I put Hartford and Albany kind of together as sizable cities, at least. So you don't, I don't know if you think of the Albany crowd, like you would, the New York city or the Boston crowd, which I don't think that people would think Hartford would be in that category as well. Am I going in the right direction here? Are you following yeah, me? I mean, what I was kind of getting at is cause like, like you mentioned, it's kind of sandwiched in between all of these other like huge places that they play with classic venues and things like that. It seems like Hartford would be a place that would be like ripe for like a, an off night or a letdown. Where it's like, okay, we are you're because you're a lot of times you're coming off of a garden show like this one. Yes. You're coming off of that huge September eleventh, nineteen ninety eight show, the breath show, which, which and we that will about. be a conversation. Yeah. In this. Yes. Yeah. And like it seems like you would be right for like a show where like, okay, we're gonna take take the foot off the gas a little bit. We're gonna kinda coast through this one before we get to Boston or before we get to Philadelphia. Or you're coming off of a Boston show a lot of times and before we get 
we're, we're ramping up to get to the garden or we're ramping up to get to Philadelphia. It seems like you're always kind of in between that space there, but yeah, from, from like the shows that, you know, the shows you've been to, the shows you talked about and this one as well, like it's, the show's got some, got some interesting stuff to talk about. It's got some good moments. So yeah. I mean, and again, this, this era too, like this was less than two weeks after I saw them for the first time. So kind of uh, brings back some memories for me too. Yeah, I, I think that on that aspect of it being sort of a, a down show, and this is the perfect example, this show is the perfect example of all that, because you're right, you have that MSG show, which people hold in such high, high regard, and it should be held in such high regard, and some people say it's the best show that Pearl Jam's ever played, other people sure. will say it's the best MSG show, and they'll put it ahead of 2003. And, and and it's kind of funny that you think about it because you'd think that the band would think, okay, all the same people are doing this stretch. So if we do have one down show, then it could be hard for, but it doesn't happen. I don't think it happens. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, and, and that's, that's a credit to them as well to say, and yes, you know, they're, they're not the kind of band that does that because a lot of bands would. They would they would look at the schedule and they'd be like, okay, we're, we're playing two nights in New York City at the Garden. We got to be up for those. We got to be up for those. What's after that? And, and the you know the the publicist or the booking agent goes, well, you you got Hartford, and they're like, well, we okay, like let's well, that'll be one we can just get through. So let's let's give everything we got for the Garden, and then Hartford will get whatever we have left. But but Pearl Jam's not like that. They go out and and give it give it everything they got every time. Well, you know, it's kind of funny. So this venue, the Meadows, which is, I think, the Xfinity Center or some bullshit now. It's it's not the Meadows anymore, but everybody just calls it the Meadows because that's what it is. Everybody has that kind of venue where it, it has a name, but <laughs> millions of corporations. So um, and it's one of these it's it's lawn seats and it has an overhang with with seats in, in, in the front. And then you have the lawn in the back. And it, it, it's one of those if, if you get the seats and it's it's OK, the sound is uh, not the best. I've been to shows there where it's been iffy at best. Like seeing Black Keys there was probably one of the worst concert ex- experience. Uh, they were horrible, but I don't think that they could hear themselves. I think it was that bad. They even said at the end, we don't know if we'll ever come back to this place. <laughs> That's how mm. bad it was that night. Yeah, yeah. But there's there was a situation, I believe, the 2006 show that they played there. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm back on Pearl Jam and not on Black Keys is uh, I think that there was either a time restriction or something that they had to, to, to end the show early or they really hated the sound and they haven't played in the Meadows since 2008. And I think after that 2008 tour, they stopped playing those venues. They stopped playing the lawn venues. And, and that's, that's kind of curious. I, I don't know why the reason for that is, but it, it, it is interesting when you, when you think about it because it, it just takes away a huge portion of places that they can play, especially if, if you have a place with, with a lawn like this, you can pack more people yeah. in, which honestly, this is, that's part of the story of, of, of this show is, is that it was overcrowded. It, 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 it passed max capacity, but you, you can get away with that a little bit on lawn shows, but you can't really do that in arena shows. So I'm surprised that they've, kind of ditched this and, and the the venue that they've started playing in Hartford now that they played 2010 2013 both shows that I went to uh is the XL Center and that's where the Hartford Whalers used to play it's where the minor league hockey is now uh UConn plays some basketball games there and uh you know they, then they have your regular you know Disney on ice and professional wrestling and all that there too uh but 
What's your take on that? What's your take on the whole, that whole idea of that venue kind of being gone yeah, from Pearl Jam? Yeah. Well, Cause like that was, that was where I saw them in 98 too. It was at uh, Lakewood Amphitheater in Atlanta, which has again, gone through 14 name changes since yeah, then, but course. it's the same kind of place. Like it's got the lawn, it's got the, the covered seating down front, it's outdoors. And yeah, I wonder if if maybe being the way things are with the current state of the world and COVID, I wonder if they're going to be looking to play some more outdoor shows coming up next year. Maybe that would be a thing that they would return to. Yeah, we'll, we'll have to see. I'd like that. I'd like that because, again, you're looking at places like arenas that are going to be maxed out at about – less than 20,000 a lot of places yeah. less than 15,000 yeah. and it's just tough because when you think of covid and you think their concerns of covid and they like the idea of playing in outdoor venues right now i think it's possible that they go back to these places but i also think that maybe they think they're they're too big i don't i, I don't want to put i don't want to speculate it on yeah. that at all but yeah. like i've yeah. seen Spr- I've, i saw springsteen at the meadows so nobody if springsteen can play the meadows then nobody's too big for the meadows you know but I, I, maybe it's just one of these things where they think it'll sell out too quickly and not everybody will get a chance to go so they would do a fenway instead which will hold more people outside i, I don't know if that that could be total bullshit but it it's just a speculatory thing Okay, so this was a Patreon-requested episode by Jacob Chamberlain, and uh, we want to thank Jacob for uh, requesting the episode and uh, being a Connecticut resident, of course. I think he he knew that I wanted to do more Connecticut shows, and, and there is another Hartford show that is a Patreon request. I believe it's 1996, and we're going to do it at some point next year. And then I'm using my request card for next year to do 2013 because it's just... I don't know how we've been through almost 200 shows and haven't done 2013. That's a show for the ages. It's a phenomenal show. Top three that I've ever been to. We're doing this one because uh, Jacob, Jacob had some memories from it, but he, uh, he kind of, they lapse a little bit and there's some things he does remember some things he doesn't, but we're going to share a story right now. So one of his most vivid memories of the show is actually the process of getting tickets. Back in the day, if you wanted tickets, you had to camp out the night before at a record store that you could get a good spot in line. We've told that story millions of times. Tickets are first come, first serve, but not for this tour. Instead, tickets were issued via the lottery. On Saturday, I arrived at the record store in the mall down the road from my college, ECSU, around 8 o'clock and was given a ticket with a number. At some point after 9 o'clock, they drew numbers to determine your place in line, which means that even if you camped out all night, there was a good chance that you wouldn't get tickets. My number ended up being either 9 or 19, but 9 sounds about right because I scored three tickets in section 300. Regarding the actual show, my memory is horrible, so the only real memory I have is of Tremor Christ. Always been one of my favorite songs, and seeing it live blew me away. Overall, the experience was fantastic, of course, but I do not recall being in awe the same way that I was when I was sitting in my bedroom years before listening to the Atlanta show on the radio. Wow, Atlanta and Hartford kind of intersecting here. Maybe the reason why the show isn't... Maybe the reason why the show isn't seared into my brain is because the band evidently wasn't on fire. That that was a point that, that you brought up, and this is kind of what I'm alluding to here. I did some research and found a review from the Hartford Current, and this quote from Stone sums it up. It was pretty flat from the band's point of view. Pearl Jam guitarist Stone Gossard says the day after the show, One night is always different from the next, and when you have a crap show one night, you're coming out swinging the next show. 
So I guess that explains why this show doesn't stand out to me the way that Fenway 2016 does. One last anecdote from the night. My friends made fun of me for wearing jeans to the show instead of shorts due to the heat. At some point during the show, my buddy asked if it was raining, and this was a very odd question because we were undercover. So we look around, and it turns out some drunk guy was pissing on our legs. Damn. Oh, drunk guy pissing on our leg story. Oh, that's that's brutal. I wish I could say only in Hartford, but <laughs> <laughs> that summer I finally uh. joined the Ten Club, avoiding uh, to avoid missing out on future tours. However, sometime in the mid two thousand, something happened and my membership lapsed. Wish I still had that number. Here's a story of why this should have been my second show. Back in 1996, I missed out on scoring tickets to see Pearl Jam at the Meadows, which was the case for most people. But the morning of the show, I got lucky because my college roommate's friend offered to sell me a pair of tickets. Unfortunately, I was 95% asleep and said, no thanks. So when I woke up an hour later, my roommate said he couldn't believe that I turned the tickets down. As soon as I said that, I slowly started to get a vague memory of having a conversation with somebody saying no to that person because I didn't understand what they were asking me. He immediately called his friend up, but the tickets had already been sold to somebody down the hall. However, that person brought him a t-shirt as a consolation prize. So all very good stories. And I think everybody has unique Pearl Jam stories like that, where, you know, it's kind of a trek to, to, in order to get to your first show. Uh, I'll, I'll shout out Brock Miller, whose horizon profile that we did last week that, that came out this past week, his first show was supposed to be Colorado 1993, but they canceled that due to some excessive, uh, uh, rowdiness from the previous nights in the, in the same venue in Boulder he didn't get to go to his first show until 2003. So that's a 10 year gap. This is at least a two year gap. So sometimes it does happen, but always love telling these stories. And, and thank you so much, Jacob, for, for sharing them. And uh, hell it's Hartford. Let's get it on. We start with Gordon. What's a better way to start this show than Corduroy? It's an intense slow burn build to this. It kind of starts out, you're kind of hearing the, the notes sort of ring out a little bit, and then it starts to ramp up. It starts to kind of get intense as the song goes along. And, you know, I, I don't know if this was an off show. This is something that we can talk about this whole entire show, whether Stone's quote is to be true or not. And whether the band feels it is one thing, whether the fans feel it is another thing, but he's right. This this show out of the Hartford shows doesn't get talked about a lot. So did you feel like the punch like this from Corduroy really early? Did you, or did, did it just feel like a pretty straight standard Corduroy? It felt great at the beginning because, like you said, it's a, it's that 
very deliberate, very slow start that, like like you said, the slow burn that gets into it. I'm like, oh, here we go. This is going to be really good. And it is good. But the real story is this wig that Ed is wearing. Did you see this thing? Yeah. Um, what, what is the deal with that? I don't know the answer to that. Uh, all, I, okay. all I know is that there is a joke from the Australian tour earlier that year where they all came out with like Elvis wigs and yeah. they said oh like Elton John had played there the night before so they needed to right. kind of step up their game to this is, to, like, this is like an afro wig or something it's very yeah it's, it's, he only wears it for the, like, the first one one or two songs not very long but right it was but weird he, he brings it back during a live or porch I think just for I think he's holding on to it I, I don't hmm. think he, he's wearing it but yeah I, I'm, I'm with you this is good but I, I'm waiting for it to explode and a yeah. lot of these songs, either it's like, yes, they finally got it, they finally exploded, or it's just where where to go. It, it was just the song, and it didn't have that major, big, cathartic build and feel to it. I wonder if that's because, and again, this is, you know, this is the Yield Tour. We should mention you're only getting one Yield song in the first 11 here. That is um, a little a, crazy. There's a lot, there's a lot backloaded. But I wonder if that had something to do with it. Maybe if there had been more Yield songs up front, they would have been a little more on the front foot, a little more excited, a little more jacked up to play. But here you're getting a lot of verses, a lot of vitality. So it's like, oh, we're kind of, maybe we're going through the motions a little bit on these tonight. So yeah, it was weird. You think that Corduroy, the idea of putting Corduroy in as an opener is to feed off of the momentum from two nights ago. Maybe. And maybe it didn't work. Yeah, could be. Because, I mean, they could have opened with Release or Long Road or Sometimes and done their traditional, and maybe that could have led to having the songs kind of build and and grab some momentum, but uh, I don't want to say it's Corduroy's fault because it's never Corduroy's fault, but it's interesting to kind of dissect. And like and like they played Corduroy every single night on this tour. Yep, yep. Corduroy and Hail Hail are outside of I think do the evolution and, and given, given, given a fly, fly wish list. They played even flow. They were all, all every single. All, you're getting all those songs here. For, forty-seven out of forty-seven times. Yep. Forty-seven yep. shows, forty-seven times. So yep, you're yep. you're absolutely right. Uh, and numbers will come into play a little later. I'll have a conversation a little bit uh, when we get to the yield stuff. Animal and Hell Hell. Like I said, Hell Hell is being played every single night. Animal is probably being played, what, like every other night like it always yep. is, 20, 25 yep. times on this tour. So right. it, it's it's no spring chicken. It's been around. I thought Mike was the highlight during Animal, and I thought Matt was the highlight during Hell Hell. I think everybody's sure. kind of getting their turn to have big moments, and it's, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. And I just didn't think that either of these two, and I'm not saying they have to explode, but I think it followed what Corduroy was, and which was good, but not super, let's get everybody absolutely a jolt of energy here. It didn't quite grasp that. Hell, hell yeah, might have got there, but that's it. You know, when, when we listen to these, I normally go through and I'll, like, I'll put a star by a song if I think like it's got a chance at making my top three moments, or if it was like a really good performance, something I really want to highlight. And like, normally in this first section, like I'll, a couple of them will stand out and like, it'll be, there'll be something like, all right, here we go. We're getting to this. But I didn't start anything until daughter really. And that's, you know, more just like, it's, it's not 
that the songs weren't good. It was just that you didn't get a big moment, really. The the closest thing, I think, is in the next little section, but we'll get to that here in a minute. Yeah, I, I think I'm on the same page with you right there. Um, Hell, Hell is also the no, only no-code song from this night, yeah. so that's, yeah. that's a little surprising. Five verses songs, as opposed to six yield and then four from both Vitalogy and Ted. Yeah. Like that's, yeah. that's, that's a little weird from this era to me. I, you don't think of versus songs really being played in 1998, but yeah, especially in 1998, it's weird that they would front load with all of these older songs. You know, it's not, I think this is, this is the exception on this, on this tour. I don't know if they did that very many times. Again, maybe they're, they're thinking that two nights ago, MSG, a lot of people might be making the trek. I don't know what days of the week. Anybody that went to MSG can probably tell you what day of the week that was, but I'm going to guess that MSG was probably like a Thursday, Friday, if I'm not mistaken. Because I, I, this, I this might be a Monday or a Tuesday or something. Yeah. yeah, it could be a Sunday. I'm not sure. He yeah. usually brings up if it's a Sunday crowd, but yeah. it, it might be a middle of the week kind of show. Maybe they're thinking that a lot of those people – are, are going to this. So, you know, they're, they want to start off completely different than they started, uh, the other two shows. But, uh, anyway, moving on, uh, given to fly is right here. I, I think I wanted to give given to fly. It's, it's due a little bit because we're doing some research on it for the next evolution episode. And this is, look, this is the ideal pacing, the ideal build, letting Ed's vocals stretch and, and really get to that fucking cathartic moment that you love from this song. The 1998 versions with or without Matt or Jack are just brilliant. They're fantastic. It's probably my favorite period of, of playing the song. And in 2000, it's it, it gets it gets a little bit more upbeat. It gets a little bit paced a little bit more. But we'll talk about a lot of that stuff when the Evolution episode comes. But I think that this is real early indication that, look, this is this is going to be a live song that's going to stick around for a very long time. the exception to the you know it's the one out of the yield obviously that gets played early on and i think that's interesting because like you know doing some research they they played it in the first three or four or five songs every night on this tour so it's interesting it's it's funny that this one makes it it it, it keeps that spot there so it gets the cleanup spot so to say in this show where a lot of the other ones get get pushed down but but this is the one that makes it it's it's right there and at that early spot where it always was on this in this tour yeah, and as for the performance itself, I, you know, I, I liked what Mike was doing. He was adding a little bit of the delay effect 
in uh, some of the verses there. Just kind of band just letting it breathe too. When you let the song breathe, you you give it some open space. It just makes those moments more impactful when you get to them. It's it's really good. I thought the crowd ate this up. I thought the crowd sounded really good on this one. And, and Cameron too. I thought a really good, uh, really good yes. Cameron performance. Yep. You need a good Cameron on Given a Fly. You need Mike and Cameron to be working together. Uh, it, it's just it's it's essential for this song to to be what it is. And uh, I thought it worked on this night absolutely. The next section, you're getting a Merkin ball in two verses all in a row here. I got shit go dissident. And the first like 10, yeah, the first 10 songs or the first 10 or 11 songs, I, I think it is 11. They barely stop. They barely stop at all. They might say yeah, like yeah. hello at one point and it might be like a one-off comment, but this is all in a row here, yet it doesn't feel like when they do, you know, 10, 11 in a row where they're like, basically doing a sprint it doesn't feel like that it feels more leveled a little bit yeah and i got shit as kind of a good breakup in the middle of this little section of old songs because it hadn't been played nearly as much and it's kind of a little refresher to be like this is the one i was talking about like it, it i kind of got the sense that the band kind of got into a little bit here because you see stone kind of bobbing around doing his doing his groove thing that he does and then ed really emphasizes that he goes like shit like he really gets after that line and really emphasizes it and i was like oh, okay here's something that's kind of a moment here's something where they're getting into it a little bit and going a little bit above and beyond i thought this was a really good performance and it's a good way to break up in between the first part and the second part especially if you're going to get two verses afterwards What'd you think about the utilization of go right here this is a very weird spot for go because you usually when you think of go it's like you know number two after one of the opener right. kind of songs. It's right. maybe to even close that that opening gap. But this is like go is in between. I've never seen it really utilized like this. You know, in 1993 they've used it in the middle of the set, but that kind of felt like a jolt to the set. This is just trying to be almost a buffer song in between songs. And and I felt that was weird, but the performance felt more like an explosive song than Animal or Hell Hell did. The performance was excellent. Yeah, it's killer. And it almost makes me think like, did like Mike make this set list or something? Cause like you get these- <laughs> It's a lot of Mike in a row. Yeah, you get these from Given to Fly, Go is, is a is a huge mic thing, and I've this is the spot where like yeah the set normally kind of turns into you might get like something a little bit more mid tempo, but having after given to fly and I got shit to come back and kind of do a reset with with Go is a little strange, but it is a little bit of a of a little temporary jolt of energy at least. But I think it with Go like I said like it's the build up to something like it it gets people going to hit the thing and then. But if you're going to follow with Dissonant and Tremor Christ, I don't know that that's the the thing. Like, it, it almost needs to no. be the beginning of something. And here, it's almost the middle of something, which is a little little strange to it. But not a bad performance at all. Just just questioning, like, how it fits in. I wonder, like, this doesn't feel like a, a set list that Ed would make. It's a little odd. Yeah, I, I think that Go is, like I mentioned, is best utilized in the beginning. If Go went into corduroy like this is this is something they would do in a 2020 i I won't even say 2021 because you'd add gigaton but 2018 when you think of the ballpark shows 2018 they would they would open with uh corduroy or open with go and then go into animal hell hell give them a fly like that's pretty standard and that is a recipe that usually works however 
in kind of reverse here, it's it's interesting. The, the performance is is fantastic and maybe a highlight, but taken away because of the positioning for sure. And you know, we, we have no idea who made this set list, but look, Hartford and MSG and Mansfield that they're going to play uh, for two nights right after, which are pretty famous shows, I believe, or infamous, uh, depending on on your point of view of it, but. I think that maybe because it's the in-between, and like you mentioned before, is this the one that's sort of, sort of the lull? Not just that, I think this is the one where they can experiment on stuff a little bit. So if they want yeah. to try Go, yeah. yeah, okay. Then maybe it's for a Hartford crowd. Maybe it's for the second or third level city and not a New York or Boston. So, yeah, yeah there that's we have another, that. That's another point, too, that you're... You get breath later, which we talked about, which which came back at the previous show. But other than that, you're not really getting anything here that hadn't been played in the last week or two. Right. Like there's there's maybe one. So yeah, if you're going to experiment, you know, throw something in there. Like you 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 hit something with breath. Like throw a hard to imagine in there. Give this crowd something a little something special. But and and you know, breath is that maybe. And you know, we'd have to get Jacob's take on it and go into the time travel machine and go back and see what he thought afterwards, but and talk to this crowd a little bit. But maybe that's enough. But it felt like, you know, I'm looking at this and you're like, you're not really getting anything that you're you weren't getting besides besides breath. And you know, maybe maybe that's enough. Before we move on into the next section, because there there was something in Dissident that I think is notable. It's always the thing I'm listening for in Dissident. And it's not Mike Solo, it's not the beginning, it's not the it's not any of that. I listen for the ending and I listen to how into the end that Ed is. Is Ed gonna sing that or is he kinda gonna do the escape is never the safest but like is he gonna do that? Here he goes for it. So what you think the show is and what we're talking about here and it being sort of non-explosive, I'm pretty surprised that he went for it here and pleasantly surprised. I like when he does it. I think he should do it every time. Yeah, it's it's the better version of, of it for sure. Yeah, I agree. Tremor Christ's daughter and Tremor Christ is probably the one that doesn't get played too often. That's kind of seen as the, the Vitalogy deep cut. And there's actually a Vitalogy song a little bit later that hadn't been played since August. And yeah. that's the yeah. longest duration of, of any of these songs that have been played. But Tremor Christ's daughter, I, I thought Stone, Stone really had a good show. I, that's one thing I, I just want to bring up. Stone had a really good show. And I thought Tremor Christ and daughter both brought a lot out of Stone. Uh, he's just doing something a little funky doing during like the pre-verse sections in Tremor Christ, just trying things out, uh, just vibing with the song, just watching him a little bit. It's just the tone soaring through the venue. Makes me think, is Tremor Christ a soaring song, part of the soaring song group? I don't know. I, oh yeah, like, I think it is. Absolutely. You think so? Yeah, it's the same as Dissident. Like it's it gets to that point. It's it's you get halfway through and then it, it kicks in and you're like, oh, here we go. Yeah, this is this is the part. So, yeah, I think the the second half makes it. Yeah, and for me, I, you know, you're 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 right on with Stone and the the video. You know, you you get a lot of Stone, which is cool. But I think for me, Ed, like you mentioned, Ed on Dissident going for it. I thought he was really stellar on on Tremor Christ, vocal sounded 
fantastic. Performance-wise, I don't think anything was was necessarily off. Uh, I, I think it, it, it's just it's waiting for some of these to explode. It's waiting for some of these to become the big moment. And daughter, daughter sort of had something kind of cool. The extension is no tag, but what's what's Ed doing on this? What what's going on with this? Yeah, he's just kind of like vocalizing or like just kind of like playing around calls. with his voice a little bit. A little bit. He was just kind of stretching his voice, using his voice as kind of an instrument. It almost like you could you could call it arc esque if it would have been, you know, five years later. But yeah, it was it was cool, unique. for a little while and then at the end it kind of gets a little bit dark a little bit edgy i i I thought that 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 part kind of added a nice little sweetener to it you know like daughter's one of those palette songs where they can kind of just go off and and do what they want you know this one they decided not to do any tags but they they messed around with the actual musical performance with it i thought it worked yeah, like it was it was unpredictable, you know, at the time, you know, especially in 98, you know, they were doing different things every night. It's not like you were getting WMA every night, like you get now or you were getting It's OK every night. Like they you never knew what you were going to get. So, uh, yeah, I like this. Unpredictable. Jeremy Evenflow, 10 songs back to back. And this is like this is really three hits back to back to back. And you have to feel the crowd is 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 in it. But I thought that Jeremy was one of those that was sort of on the downswing and didn't have the upswing of momentum. I thought even Flo had an upswing. I thought Daughter had an upswing. But Jeremy, if these three songs kind of cohesed together just a little bit and and just had that vibe just a little bit more, Jeremy had that explosive part, maybe you get a really, really nice Pearl Jam, classic Pearl Jam spot here. But Jeremy just, I don't, I don't know how you feel about it, but it just didn't it wasn't bad it just didn't quite hit the nuclear level i i agree i think it's usually you you look for that ending to be the big moment and it like stone said you know in that newspaper interview made it felt a little flat maybe but even flow was great mike solo was was fantastic it it just felt a little funky right injecting just a bit of life into the song and and you're getting another momentum boost however i do want to mention Apparently from Five Horizons, if you go back to all three shows that kind of happened in the area, both MSG shows and the East Rutherford show by the Meadowlands, uh, whatever that that uh, Continental Continental Airlines Arena, I believe that used to be called then the Izon Center. I don't think it's a thing anymore, but apparently Ed had screwed up the looking through the paper, though he doesn't know to read line every single night. And did yeah, it he, again he, this night. He forgot that line every single night for those shows. Yeah.
kind of teased that up. He's like, catch me on this, catch me on this. And then afterwards kind of laughs about it. Like, that's, uh, how do you forget? Like, are you just so into the song? Or, or uh, like, I know you play it so often, then sometimes you can just have, it's, I don't know, it's like the most simple ground routine grounder to yeah. third kind of play you got, you got the yips on it yeah right right and it, it just didn't it just didn't help but uh yeah. you know it, it doesn't hurt the performance at all the song benefits from from being in the set absolutely here we're addressing the crowd for the first time after i believe that was 11 songs the hartford crowd is pretty intense right beforehand and and they're starting to kind of show their colors a little bit and uh, again that's the melting pot for you a lot of signs you could see in the crowd, and they're probably all people that went to the last show that know what happened, that know that everybody had their breath signed, so everybody wants to get their song. And the two signs that I saw were I Got a Feeling and Wash, which are were both songs that never got played at this time. Yeah, yeah. So... I think the the next discussion here is is the next song being about belief, and that's the big question. What do you believe in? Not too many things you can believe without getting fucked in the end. Don't get a tattoo with a guy's face on it unless he's dead so he can't fuck up later on. Did you ever see my Bill Clinton tattoo? I'm so embarrassed by it now. I was proud of him for such a long time. The economy was going well. Is there any reason why we shouldn't feel different? All this information on the internet, I suggest you read it for the reason only is that at $40 million, it's the most expensive porno magazine this country has ever put together. Besides that, let's raise our middle finger in the air and scream, get on with it. One, two, three, get on with it. This was pretty cool. I I thought that this was Ed kind of going, uh getting a little testy here. And and uh and it worked. I I think I, I think the crowd bought in on it. Yeah, it was funny. He's kind of predicting cancel culture a little bit. Yeah. I thought it was a little bit of that. Like the whole thing where, you know, you you get into somebody and then they do something. Oh, like they have to. You. Yeah. Now, now I can't like them anymore. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I was worried about what he was going to say after all this information on the Internet. You should read it because I'm like, oh, no. Is that like a sign for what we're going through with like disinformation and things now? But no, he goes a completely different direction than all yeah, that. Yeah. But yeah, uh, just, yeah, inter- interesting part. I, you know, you get, you get that crowd kind of that, that he's never done something like that. He doesn't do things like that, especially in 98. It doesn't feel like he's getting the crowd that involved, but this works. And that's the way you get into faithful. We talk about how some of the Yield songs sometimes really didn't get mixed in back then. You got your No Ways, your Low Light that was never played in 98, your Pilot that was barely played, Push Me, Pull Me that was barely played, all those yesterdays. Those are all good examples, but low-key from 1998, Faithful wasn't utilized as much on this stretch. Out of 47 shows, it was only played 18 times. To me, that seems low. It is low. It's weird, like, it's not up there with the Given Flies and Do the Evolutions and wish lists, but they're still finding something with it. You know, I, I think we have to kind of charge up to the end of the song, because the end is the interesting part. They they extended a little bit, it is sort of changing up the lines and kind of letting the words hang and kind of almost scatting a little bit. And, yeah, the, you the, know, the last verse, it's really freeform, like, that was really interesting to me, I really like that. Yeah.
interesting take for a song that really doesn't get a lot of changes. And maybe that that could be a reason why they weren't playing it that often. Maybe they they just weren't personally feeling it. Maybe that night they felt like they had to take the end of that song and just just go with it and, and try something new. But I, you know, I, I thought that this was uh, uh, helping the the momentum coming off of Even Flow here. I thought it worked, especially when you're finally getting back to a Yield song for the first time. And geez, it probably what 45 minutes since they did yeah. Given a Fly. Yeah. So, oh yeah, this is this is not a breath of fresh air at this point. This is like, oh, finally here we go. Like something to kind of jar you out of this like early '90s run that they were on. It's like, oh, let, let, let's break this up a little bit, and here we go the ending here they're only going to do one more song that's not on yield we're going to go mfc into spin the black circle which spin the black circle as i mentioned before there was a song that hadn't been played since august 17 shows they hadn't played spin the black circle in a long time and uh i think they picked a really good night to decide to play it again because it sounded fantastic the momentum continues to drive mfc has some punch to it black circle has a lot of momentum played at like a breakneck speed a killer solo from mike rips right through the sets and Ed, Ed, ed's vocals are priming to your your final moment that you're going to have in the main set here which is probably going to be one of his best vocal performances of the night but i think we're, we're starting to build to something and to get mfc spin a black circle and then drop completely with wish list before you get to do the evolution i don't know I thought Wishlist maybe should have followed Faithful in the set. Yeah, and you know, Spin the Black Circle, they they have used it in kind of that penultimate spot. Oh, absolutely. In the set, and it works really, really well. So yeah, it's a little surprising, but again, that's the this is that tour, and these these are new songs, and they're figuring out what to do. But you're near the end of that tour, you should you should know better. But Spin the Black Circle, did you see what Ed was doing? He's he's doing something I've never seen him do before because we've we've talked about you know how Mike will kind of run around the venue like the needle on a record but did you see what ed was doing during this actually i didn't catch it no he's got the mic stand like in his hand and he's spinning it really fast uh. so that like the the end of the mic stand is spinning really fast like a record like he's got he's got it yeah. out towards the crowd and he's like spinning it really that was it was a cool effect i like that that was, that was that, a cool moment was he was he spinning the seven inch single maybe Maybe. <laughs> yeah. I think if, if you end your set MFC spin the black circle and do the evolution, it's it's strong. And that's not to take anything away from Wishlist, because Wishlist is actually a very good performance and really well received by the crowd at their show. Yeah, it has I, a really good Ebo solo. Very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah I thought the Ebo was excellent in this. Yeah. Just melodic, atmospheric. The crowd seemed to come unglued when the mirror ball came down. I don't know if that was kind of a reaction because the the wish list that happened at the MSG show is pretty memorable and and a lot of people think of that as as being a pretty big moment for that show because because of the mirror ball as well and I wonder if people that are reacting to that are saying oh the mirror ball is back from from a couple nights ago probably. And you get so, a little bit of the the wish I was the president improv, but he doesn't really go off on it like he did a couple of times right. that tour. It's just the wish I wish I wish I wish I guess it never stops. But again, the Ebo stuff that he's doing, he's singing over the Ebo, and uh, that was that was definitely the highlight of wish list. Absolutely, Ed talks about fifty million years ago, a large hyena 
on Earth crawled its way into the ocean, and that would end up becoming the whale. It's evolution, baby. And we did the Crocodile Cafe version for Patreon, for all you Patreon subscribers, or anybody that would like to be a Patreon subscriber. We'll get to that in just a second. We did that as an exclusive episode. It was the end of 1998. They had finished up the Yield Tour, and they opened for Cheap Trick, and they did 10 songs opening for Cheap Trick at, at Crocodile Cafe in Seattle. And one of, I thought, the highlights of that show was Do the Evolution, because Ed just let his voice absolutely rip it to shreds. Coming off of that and listening to this and thinking to myself, like, where, where did we go wrong? Where did we lose this vigor and power from do the evolution and i'm not saying that do the evolution is bad nowadays but it, it's what 519 times it's been played that's that's a that's a lot of times you can't play it like that every single time but man you kind of wish you could or maybe take a couple hundred off of that and make all those like the 300 or the 350 that they would play all this version yeah, and through the evolution, it became something else, I think, after that. And, you know, the South American ones are the, right, the crowd point takes forward. Like, after after that, the song became something different. But, yeah, again, it's it's a lot like Wishlist. Like, it, it had a moment in, like, 98, 2000, and it, it wouldn't get to that back again. Although we'll see with Wishlist, because Wishlist was really good at, at Ohana and, uh, and See Here Now. But, yeah, the through the evolution for me, you've we, we talked about Stone a lot. The, the stone second, was a highlight. Oh the second God. stone solo on this is just it, on yeah. fire. Like, yeah, it oh really my is. God, it was. He takes it to like fourteen different levels, and it is one of the best. Uh, one of the best stone like solos on "Do the Evolution." I thought, like, just right from the beginning, just the tone of the solo is even so much different from the even the first first one. It just that was a huge moment for me. I was like, oh yeah, I'm sitting up and paying attention now. Like, he just kills it there at the end. Fantastic. down why he was the MVP of the show for me was that moment right there that blistering solo he comes up with something kind of groovy sometimes but this is he's just shreds man when yeah. do you ever say that stone fucking shreds like this a little bit yeah. on the rocking in the free world ones but oh man this this was yeah great stuff this is gonna come back I, I can tell you that much alright we're at the encore here which is, means it's time to pause for station identification talk a little bit about the projects that we have going on on live on fourlegs.com on patreon where do we start John what, what would you like to talk about first 
let's talk about because we're kind of on a run of Patreon requests here. So let's let's talk about how people can can request a show. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that that's probably outside of the episode intake and the stuff that we've done in the past and that we're going to do in the future because we're starting to really we've recorded a couple of things and we're starting to kind of get on a roll with getting back into it now. So now like we, we always say it's always a good time to join up. I think that your time to catch up on all the Patreon stuff is over and now you're going to have to Hope you did cuz you're going to be falling behind again. Right, right. It's <laughs> we get we gave you we gave you that time. I had a baby. We gave you that time, but now we're going to we're going to really start bringing some stuff back and hopefully have weekly if not, you know, bi-weekly stuff, which is which is pretty good for the platform. But yeah, outside of the episodes, I think my favorite thing is getting the requests that come from people that join either the Giga Leg or the Horizon Leg tier, which are the five and the ten dollar tiers. But like you can you can join up for the one dollar bonus leg tier too. And a lot of people that join the bonus leg tier end up in the Giga Leg or the Horizon Leg because they want to be part of it. They listen to the episodes, they're like, all right. I need a request that's in, you know, the Hartford 1998 probably doesn't get covered or waits a long time to get covered. Uh, Hartford would get covered no matter what on the show, but yeah, Ran- would- Randy, Randy didn't request this. You guys, this is nope. a Patreon request. Nope. And like I mentioned before, 96 is Patreon request too. Yeah. And yeah. that's coming at some point too. So that is a reward that's given to everybody in the Giga Leg and the Horizon Leg, which again, $5, $10 tiers. And we're looking for those shows. I think, you know, and look, these requests somehow, they're all over the place. Like they could be shows that are festival shows like we did last week. They could be shows in the middle of a tour that we're just not thinking about. And mostly they're not the big shows. And I always tell the people that are requesting them don't pick the big shows because we're going to do the big shows and we're going to do them our way, the way that we feel comfortable doing them. Cause you've listened to our show before. We have a very specific way of doing things, but getting the shows that we're not paying attention to the stuff from 2006, 2003 that, you know, they did lots and lots of shows those years. We can pick almost anything and it would work. But we might not go to a Lexington 2003 because we're just not thinking in that direction in those terms. But somebody can bring that up to us and be like, hey, this was one of my favorite shows. Can we do it? I'm part of the gig leg. And that's how we get into it. And that makes John and I both more appreciative of not just you guys, but what this Pearl Jam catalog has to offer because it just, it's such a wide array of stuff. Get us out of our comfort zone. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, I always think of that Japan show, that Nagoya Japan show that we did. We were doing the around the world series. Like, All right. that was like such a, something out of left field, like such a different thing. So yeah, if there's a show that, you know, we, we get into this thing where, okay, we know what the big shows are. We know we did the Wrigley shows. We did the MSG shows. We know how to do, but yeah, give me something in like, in Kansas, you know, give me something in uh, some random country. Like, give me, give me a Portugal show. Give me like, yeah, throw, try to throw us off guard. Like those are, those end up being the best ones sometimes. And yes, I know that there are so many people that become patrons and end up being Northeast residents. And they're like, Oh, I want Boston or, Oh, I want Philly or New York. And we're just like, 
Oh, we just did. Or Chicago. Chicago is another highly requested area. Sure. Sure. And we're just like, fuck, we just we just did something and we don't want to go back to back because then it pushes away something like, uh, you know, we're doing Mountain View, California next week. It pushes away something like that or any other California shows or Pittsburgh or something like that. And, and, and it, then it feels too, like, like we're we, just doing big cities. It, it took us a long time to start hitting these 98 ones. Like you guys did, you know, and, you did the MSG ones early on, yeah. but especially this 98 run, like there are so many shows, there's, there's 47 shows just in the U S so there's little gems hidden throughout this tour. And yeah, I love doing these. So yeah, we haven't broke on. the surface. We haven't broke the yeah. surface on it yet. Yeah. I think, and that all, that all comes from you guys. 2022, it's going to be very open. We're hoping for a tour. So, you know, we, we've kind of kept the time that maybe we're thinking the tour might happen if, if it was going to go down the same way it was supposed to go down in 2020. We're kind of hoping and and, and we're, we're just very open to stuff. We have some stuff planned, but hey, plans can change. We can put erasers on pens if we have to. So this is all from you. And any donation is is perfectly acceptable, but if you want to get your request in, the Giggle Leg and the Horizon Leg are the way to do it. Patreon.com slash Live on Four Legs, or search Live on Four Legs on the Patreon app. Or if you didn't know, you can actually access Patreon-exclusive episodes through Live on Four Legs. So if you are a patron or are about to become a patron after this whole spiel, I have no idea. That, that might be a 0% chance, but we'll take it. Um... You can go on the Live on Four Legs website and you can go to any of the Patreon episodes, sign in, and you can listen to it right from the site instead of dealing with Patreon because, well, it's it's just the platform and it's 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 a way that we can use the platform, but it's not the best listening device in the world. So and again, helps us get traffic to live on four legs.com. So if you want to do that, that's an option for you. And just remember that we're still doing all the 2014 reviews from the U S tour. And we're just keeping them coming, uh, Milwaukee and Denver, and then the two bridge school shows. And then, uh, then we're done. And then we'll, uh, we'll probably get the rest of 2014 out sometime before the end of the year. So, yeah. uh, there you have it with, yeah, that, with that, the website, that, that website, you know, we want it to be something where you guys are, you can, can go, you know, every day and you see something different, a place where you can just read those reviews, hang out, read the blog, hang out for a little while. Like it, it's, it's meant to be like a destination thing, like some of those sites were in the past. So hopefully you guys are checking that out at least a few times a week, I hope. And uh, when the, when the tour comes, you, you can, you can bet on it. You can bet on it being a place where you can catch all that stuff. So, all right, back to the rock. Ed has some banter with the crowd here. Ask them if they all came from New York. Because that's that's what you do at a Connecticut show. You, you, he read the oh, room. Do you, do you know why? Do you know what what happened? So it, after the encore, everyone comes out and they have thank you signs for I missed for that. breath. Like because so he comes out and he's like, oh, a lot of y'all were in New York because they had because you know the breath signs, breath signs, breath signs. And now they're holding up signs to say thank you. So that's why he's like, oh, okay, you guys were all there the other night. Okay, I missed that. Wow, that's that's a really good call, and that's yeah. uh, good good on you guys. I mean, like that they were as passionate as they come in 1998. That that was that was a good year because you have to think the teenager that probably got into the band back in '92 is now right out of college or in the middle of college, and that's when you're at your most 
get up and go. You you, you want to do activists, right? And you want to do stuff and you want to be part of a, a community like this. And especially before like internet really broke into what the internet is now, there's still, you know, a community outside of the internet that, that you want to adhere to. Uh, but doing things like that, I think people were really gung ho about, you know, making making sure that that they put together petitions and things like that and it worked ed saw everybody and that's where he gets the quote here seems like a lot of new yorkers got the front seats connecticut people are all the way in the back but hey everybody enjoyed the show the same right here brain of jay This is, uh, yeah, I, pro- I probably had a 0% chance of ever going to this show. I probably had a maybe maybe a 40 to 50% chance of going in 2008, seeing Brain of Jay back-to-back with Big Wave, which I probably would have <laughs> went with Matt, so imagine that. Yeah. But uh, I'm going to, like, outside of the performance, just, just absolutely being exactly what you think of Brain of Jay and, and being that awesome punk rock opener to Star and Encore, which... I don't think it happens very often. Think about this. Overall statement of the last three Yield songs that were played. You gotta look at this, and, and even go back to, to Given a Fly. At the time, going into this show, and after the show, Brain of Jay, this was the 63rd performance of Brain of Jay. Do the Evolution, that was the 63rd performance of Do the Evolution. Wishlist, 63rd performance of Wishlist. Give It a Fly, 62nd performance of Give It a Fly. I don't know where they missed a show with Give It a Fly, but apparently they didn't feel like playing yeah, it yeah. one night. Now, how, about, how about I Got Shit, too? 63rd performance of I Got Shit. 63rd performance of I Got Shit, yeah, and that had more years on it, so yeah. more opportunities to, to try and do it. 61st of Tremor Christ. Yeah, right, another one. More time than, than I Got Shit, because it was played in 94. Yeah. yeah. All right, now now we get to the sad numbers. That they're They're tied here. They won't be tied for very long. We'll start from the top up. So, cool. number one, do the evolution with 519. Number two, given a fly with 475. You, you expect those two to be played very often, and that, that's they're, that's what they're you've in the top with. ten all time. Yeah. Yep, and no hard feelings, no disillusions about that. Wish list 238, which actually seems maybe a little low, maybe right where you think it is. Mm, uh, you yeah, know, right, right about where it should be. Yeah. Uh, maybe maybe it just seems like because they've played less shows than we think they've played and we think they play wish yeah, list a yeah. lot maybe it seems like it should be a lot but in last place of this whole entire group that we're talking about right here brain of jay 129 times only played <sighs> the half that they played it the 63 times it's only been played what another 63 you were already halfway through its performances not even before the uh, end of the tour. You just got to go to Dallas. Cut your yeah. losses. Go to Dallas. That's that's the only way. 
That's the only way I think you'll be able to hear Brandon J. Right. Or guarantee right. that you can hear Brandon J. Yeah, yeah. Or or show up with dreadlocks and uh, apparently <laughs> do the same thing they did in Spokane. Yeah, you're gonna have to you're gonna have to pull out all the stops. But yeah, that's that's tough. Uh, one day, yeah, it Look. never it never quite hit. Like like save you has has found a spot. Like it, it kind of keeps resurfacing in that early mm-hmm. spot. Hail hail always shows up there, but. Brandon J never really stuck in that spot like it should have. I don't know why. Yeah, I don't. Maybe it's yeah. just because it, it just felt a little. Is is it not as much of a sing along as a hell hell or yeah, or maybe. A save you because save you because they have like really good hooks. Mm-hmm. Brandon J has a fantastic hook, but it's not you know the the soon the whole world will be relieved. It's not the most perfect song to sing in the world, but fuck man like they've turned chicken shit into chicken salad tons of times before and i don't know maybe maybe it's just wear and tear from just doing it on yield and they said all right uh you know we're we're calling we're calling do the evolution and giving a fly and wish list up to the majors for yeah. for binaural and uh Brandon J when 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 a song goes on the disabled list we'll uh we'll we'll bring you back in it's unfortunate, but you know what? It, it kind of makes it better when it shows up. You need those songs to make it feel like, whoa, brain, they did Brandon J this night. This set looks different because of that. I don't think you can think of a lot of yeah. Yeah, I don't does. think you you can think of a lot of sets that have the other three that were tied from Yield onto onto this. Yeah, we haven't covered this in a long time since probably Spokane. And You're probably it, right. It had been a long time before that too, so yeah, this was this was welcomed right here. I I really enjoyed it. Your Patreon request, you guys think shows that up. Brandon J, love to get the coverage in, but uh, okay, here's another big moment of this night. Let's see how we do on the next one. It's been a long time up until the other night. Here we go again. Take two. It's breath. take on the msg version at the time and look this was episode number 23 or or what like really really early on we did this show so i I take a lot of things that we did early with a grain of salt but then there's there's some truth to 
to the things being said. And I thought that that version itself, and I think the moment was is like a, a 10,000 out of 10. It's one of the ultimate Pearl Jam moments of all time. The song performance, I thought that the band was like really trying to figure it out and they didn't know the song and it didn't know a lot of the lyrics and Jeff lost a bass line here and there and it was it was off it was rocky and I think they knew it at this at this show I think they said look we can't just we can't just leave them with that we can't leave them with what we gave them at that show because that performance wasn't what we're able to do with the song I think we get more of that in this version of Breath. I think they're a little, they're they're not fully comfortable with it, but I think giving it another shot it has a moment in here where he's singing la la yeah, la, yeah. la la yeah. la like it's not perfect by any means, but Stone is once again fantastic. Mike has amazing solo in this. Ed is feeling a moment that he probably hadn't felt with the song since what '94. Eyes just bugging out when he's singing it. Like it feels like it has a lot more heart than the night before, where they're just like, "Okay, do we have it? Do we have something with this? Can we do this?" This feels a lot more confident, even if it wasn't perfect. Yeah, and, and you know that's to be expected. Like, yeah, the MSG one, it's a, it's about the moment. It's not about you know nailing the performance. Like those people didn't care. Like they got to hear the song and they they got what they wanted. And it was like you said, one of the great. Pearl Jam moments in their history and with interacting with the fans and all that, everything about it was just beyond what anyone expected. And yeah, I think here you're getting it because it's another little thing like, yeah, let's 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 keep doing that. Like that was cool. Like and you're seeing the beginning of like of them realizing that they can do this and bring back these songs and it's not just gonna be a joke and it's not just gonna be you know, fan service that they they can they're like oh we can we can do that better. Let's do it again. Yeah. And yeah, I think they yeah they they hit on something and they I think they only played it they played it one more time on the tour, and and it started to kind of like build back up a little bit and you know, 2000 2003 you saw it start to see it a little bit more and it's it's become like you know the song is what it is now. It's a big moment because of this. I fully agree with that, and I think it has a little bit of what I was mentioning with Brain and Jay, but to a, I think, more special degree, where if Breath is in a set, you really do say, whoa, they went all out tonight. This yeah. feels like something yeah. special. Like, um, I'll go back to the Memphis show that we went to. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I didn't think about this until we, we just put out the review on the Concertpedia, but with Dave Cruzen being there and them doing Alone, Breath, Garden, a couple of the really early songs, they dug into the early 1990 stuff, 1991. I wonder, like that, like, that to me feels like a moment from that show that you could take away and be like, wow, they, they went back to the well on all that. Like, sure. they, they sure. knew what to do. They knew what to do in that instance. And it, it gets moments at big shows at ballparks, too. It has become a big-time player. It has and gone from never never played to big-time player. And it, it's something, too, where, like, they could have done it once, and then they could have dropped it again. But they right. didn't. They, they came, the, so it's like the this second performance is almost just as important as the first one because they they kept doing it and it started to build a little bit. So yeah, I think this one's important just just like the MSG one is. Yeah, because they because they didn't drop it. They were like okay, like we'll we're gonna keep this around. 
look, man, I think nothing's off limits. And I say that with, you know, yeah. with some hesitation. But what did we see three weeks ago? Right. Sweet Lou. That's right. Nothing's let off limits sleep. if they can do Sweet Lou or Let Me Sleep. Yeah. Right, right. Yeah. At least Let Me Sleep feels more normal for a Pearl Jam. Sweet Lou oh. is just <laughs> they were out of nowhere. Bad. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's get to the final four here. In a parallel universe, this is how you would end your set almost every night at a Pearl Jam show. Like, these make sense. It's kind of, you're going back to the set list randomizer things. Yes, all these songs work in an encore, but have you ever seen these four songs in the position that they're in right here? Rearview Mirror, which is middle encore. No, you usually get that to close a set, close an encore set, what have you. Better Man, which at the time could kind of be thrown all over the place, mid-set, end of set. But when you you think long-term and you think of what the song became, you really think of close to the end of the set as to where it works really well. Then Alive, then Porch ends the set and not Rockin' in the Free World or Yellow Lead better. Yeah, no covers here. No covers at this show. So what do you what do you think about the alignment? I thought this was really interesting because we we've talked about the setless construction a little bit for the show, but this was a really interesting way to 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 end this night. I like this. I think it's interesting because it's it's again better man like now better man is the the big moment, but here it wasn't like you're not getting save it for later. You're not getting not like a, a big seven eight minute version, right? I mean, it was cool because it's like, again, it's it's unpredictable. I'm like, oh, okay, this is cool. Like, I'm porched to close a show wasn't happening a lot in 1998. No. So I thought that was that was cool. Was, okay, this is this is awesome. But I think here we got to talk about the security issues and what was going on at this show because that comes into play here at the end. But Rearview Mirror, I thought was was fantastic. I think they, I think Breath really they kind of like got a little jolt. Like, okay. Like that, that kind of no pun intended kind of breathed some life into them at the, the show and was like, okay, now rearview mirror and like rearview mirror is great. Like it gets really hypnotic and really kind of like into like a trance. I thought this was fantastic. Better man is the one I thought where it was kind of like, it's just like, oh, it's kind of fun. Like, okay. Kind of like kind of bouncy and kind of upbeat. Like, all right, cool. It, no it, it hadn't yet, hadn't yet become the big, big moment that it that became later. No sing along, no tag, but they seem to be not just confident, but they seem to enjoy it. They seem to start to get around to like, okay, we don't have to play this song, but we want to play the song. It it felt like they were starting to enjoy it or at least Ed. And and it mostly stems from Ed, especially with better man, but 96 versions, a little hesitant, 95 versions, even a little hesitant, but 98, I think there's a lot of positivity going around, especially that, that Matt's joining the band. I, I think, I think they like this song. Then it's, it's, it's not going to be the showstopper for another year or two, but uh, it, it's, it's definitely interesting in the spot and works the way that they play it works set list wise, but it's just seeing all these four in a row that makes you just scratch your head and be like, yeah, what what the hell error is this? River Mirror I thought was great. Matt was very strong at the end. Mike really shined on the ending as well. Uh, the strobe light ending. And I think we, I, I just want to coin it the strobe light ending for now on, just, just because it feels like we don't take that into play, that it's just kind of 
always assume that it's strobe light, but I think you gotta just mention the strobe light because it's such an important facet of the song that the we never epi- talk about. The, ep- the epileptic ending, we'll call it. Yeah. Right, yeah. Hey, if we gotta end this with, with a seizure, we'll end it with a seizure. I don't know if anybody's gotten a seizure on a podcast before, but... Fuck, we'll we'll pay we'll pay we'll pay the medical bills if we have to. Now let's get into a live and porch and what happened during this. It's it's a little difficult to tell what's going on during the video, but Ed has a flashlight. It's believed that Eric Johnson gave him the flashlight. Uh, security was apparently messing with people. I, I guess people were trying to dance in the aisle. Oh no no no! You can't dance in the aisle. Not not in Connecticut. That that's Connecticut state rule. You're not allowed to dance in aisles. That's a severe thing. At least a five hundred dollar fine. I'm trying to go footloose on them. Right. <laughs> They're backing baby into a corner. Yeah. That's not footloose. That's the other one. Oh yeah 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 yeah. You fuck. <laughs> um, Dirty dance. Yes, thank you, Dirty Nancy. Uh, but Ed has the flashlight. feels like it loosens everything up at the end it's like he says because i said so like you can do right because i said so and, and he's you know he's taking charge of this situation. right yeah he's the boss now right 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 and if you say no to him they'll walk off the stage and they'll never play at the meadows again and security knows that security knows that they don't want to fuck around with something like that because that gets back to them i know they're all unionized but that can get back to them that can have some ramifications of course but probably a lot of the charm that came from the show came from the last two, I would have to say. And just that, again, that, that final interlude. And, and there's a little bit of it when Ed has the flashlight. And I, I think in just like the middle of the breakdown where he's just like, dance, dance in the aisles, dance in the aisles. He's just really encouraging everybody to enjoy themselves because, it, yeah. you know, how many times has he had problems with security? Yeah. I mean, oh, we talked about it on that that those 95 shows they were they were yeah. meeting with security every night like they were doing that here too like you, you know for sure that the management is meeting with the security team and going over what they do and what to do what not to do oh how I, not how not to piss off ed so and i i bet you that, here just got a little out of hand i bet you the head honcho of the security told them beforehand those pearl jam fans are a rowdy bunch you gotta pay attention to them they dance in aisles I'm sure like, and again, that. think about being in the crowd and like you've 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 made it. You you almost made it all the way through the show, and here's the singer at the end being like, "Yeah, fuck the security. Do what you want." Like, okay, 
Like, you bet your ass I'm going on the island dancing, for sure. Right. Like, yeah. Especially if they've all been you, drinking man. and smoking pots. So, yeah, this is just like, this is just like opening the floodgates. And supposedly, you know, the thing on Five Horizons says that the there was kind of a rush to the stage during Porch. And I don't know if it was people coming from the lawn down or what, but yeah. you can't really tell. But I can imagine, yeah, after after being egged on like this, why wouldn't you? Yeah, the the lawn it's the lawn's weird there. It's not necessarily, you know, you have to you have to walk down like a, a, a pretty stealthy flight of stairs to, to get down to where the uh, where the actual seating level is. It's not yeah. like there's some seats that end and here's the whole entire lawn. So I don't I don't know if it was lawn people that maybe maybe they they ended up rushing, but I can't see that being a thing. And I, I'm just thinking that everybody just from the seated section was just pouring down that's that yeah. that's what Could my be. guess is on that so uh, porch is great though porch is a party atmosphere now i don't think porch was really a party atmosphere in 1998 it was still kind of seen as the uh ed do some do some cool stuff ed go right. go jump go jump right. on the amps ed and i think people just kind of kind of saw that but like ed at this point he's just connecting with the crowd during this mike I don't know if you you saw this, but Mike isn't playing behind his back. He's playing behind his waist. Like that, yeah. I think that's more impressive than playing yeah, behind not, the back. Not, not behind the head. Like you know, he's got the he's literally <laughs> playing behind him, his, behind his back. Literally, not right. behind the head. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, again, not as hard as it as it looks, but still looks cool. Yeah, not right. something and different. All the time. Yeah, right, and different from the typical Jimi Hendrix uh, uh, imitation. Right. And uh, of course, at the end, it's, it's a big ending. It feels really good. It puts it puts the band in a good mood to end this night, and I think kind of sets the tone for what they what what would come in the Mansfield shows. And there's Ed holding the wig at the end of the show, saying goodnight. <laughs> you brought that wig yep. right back. Yep. And still to this day, she got it on, and she had no idea why he was holding a wig at all. All right, top three moments. What do you got? Ooh, um, daughter, Ed uh, doing his uh, vocal effect thing on daughter. I thought was cool, the cool moment. I'll go uh, the Stone solo on Do the Evolution and uh, Breath. All right, I think I'm gonna go. I like this given a fly. I'll give this given a fly the street credit deserves. I also like Spin the Black Circle, but I don't know if I want to put it in my top three because I I think that the ending is such a cool moment in all this. Alive and Porch together are both with Ed kind of, you know, messing with security and really taking over the show in that aspect. Uh, I I like that. And I think that, that if you take anything out of the show that should define what the show is, it should be that. So I'm I'm gonna give this the number two moment because my favorite moments do the evolution hands down, hands yeah. down do the evolution. All right, right on. So we talked a little bit in the beginning about like, hey, is this a show that kind of is the lull show? Is it the show that when they're on a high from MSG, do they do they take a break during the show? And it felt at times we mentioned before, it felt like some songs that could have exploded didn't it didn't explode it it just kind of they they were the songs they sounded pretty good but they didn't have those big feeling moments to them so with that all being said giving it a rating is really tough and just remember all ratings are very subjective it is two people's opinions and two people that while 
I, I, I'm glad that people respect the opinions of these two people that, that, that make these, uh, these call on these ratings. Ultimately, we are just two in thousands and maybe millions that, that have these opinions. And, and, and two, we weren't it. there. We, you we and I were there. not at this show. Right. We, we watched a YouTube video where someone pointed their video cassette at the, the, the screen next to the show. So we, you know, that, that's all we got to see. And we, we got to hear it, but we weren't there. So keep right. that We in didn't mind. feel it. We didn't feel it. So yeah. always keep that in mind whenever we do ratings. And I tell people. For entertainment purposes only. Entertainment purposes. So how are you going to entertain the Hartford crowd, which is basically me right now? Maybe <laughs> Jacob. Uh, I'm going to give this a seven. It's a good show, not a great show. It needed okay. needed some more big moments. That's totally fair. I think. From all six of these shows, I think that this is probably number five or number six. And that's not saying that it's bad. It's just saying that it was it was missing a hook. It was missing something big. I think the, the ending has its moment. But also, if those performances were really special performances, if like Jeremy and Animal Corduroy, Hail Hail in the beginning were really just bangers, then you can go back to a live and porch and be like, that was a great show that had this instead. It was a show that had this. So my Hartford bias comes into play a little bit, only a little bit from a 0.5 standpoint. I'm giving this a 7.5. So, Fair. yep. I uh, thought you were going to come on and be like, Point, I'm giving it a 9.5 because I, I can't. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, that's, that's fair. Oh, uh, just wait till t- 2013. Right, just wait right. till 2013. Well, I'm giving get- that one. A, I'm giving that one a three, regardless. <laughs> What'd you give the Charlotte show? You gave that like a 10.9 or something like. You gave that. Like oh, when I was yeah, points. before I was on. I think I gave it a a 10 for the music and a 34 for the experience. So I think we rounded out to or it rounded out to something crazy. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I might have to do the math and 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 at least go a couple hundred more than that for yeah, when yeah. when we do that show. But that is a special one and uh if 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 you're staying tuned around this time next year because i like to do anniversaries and especially that one listening to it on an anniversary is always a good thing so hartford shows baby can't get much better can't get much more in between than boston in boston and new york than hartford maybe bridgeport but bridgeport's closer to new york anyway we have a show to wrap up here so we're going to do it uh we have another patreon request that we're taking next week it's for Mountain View, California, uh, a show that was done in 2003. And to the top of my head, I don't even know what this. I haven't prepared for it. I don't know what the set list is. I think I'm going to surprise myself when. Well, it's we going to be. Show. It's going to be cool because we did all those bridge school shows. It's kind of going to kind of right. be like a, a reunion for for us to go back to Mountain View a little bit. That's right. Yeah, I kind of do miss the bridge. I, I miss the yeah. bridge series, which is available on our Patreon. Uh, I, I miss those shows and it'll be interesting to see in that venue. Cause they've done it a couple of times. They, they, they've done a couple shows there yeah, yep. that were, that were full shows, but it'll be interesting to see how, how it goes for this one. And again, 2003, that's, that's a very, very good tour year. So very excited for that. And, uh, anything else to, before, before we say goodbye, just live on four legs.com. Keep checking it. Keep checking it. New, new stuff up there all the time. That's where we'll end this one. All right. Thanks, everybody, for tuning in. And, hey, remember, if you're not following us on social media, if you're not following us on the Pearl Jam Podcast Community Group on Facebook, at Live on Four Legs Pod on Twitter, Instagram, I don't really post to, but you can follow us on Instagram at Live on Four Legs Podcast if you'd like. 
email us if you have stories to tell, live on 4 at gmail.com. Even if you decide that you would not like to become a patron at this time and want to tell us your story, there's always a good chance that we can add your show into the mix because we might hear your story. Hell, there's a story that that, that was given to us probably the first week that, that we ever did the show, and I still have held on to it, and I've been looking for a spot for it, and now that it's what it's probably gonna be three or four years later i have it on the schedule to be a 2022 show so you never you never know you just never know you can influence us in ways it might not be immediate but it can it can be down the line so just keep following and uh keep tuned to what we're doing because we're always trying to get people involved and and get people uh motivated to talk about pearl jam in uh in and on social media and if you're not following us and subscribed on the podcast platforms like Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, YouTube, you name it. Uh, Go head on over there. Make sure you like episodes. Make sure you give us a five-star rating and comment because that's really important. That will help our visibility to people that are searching for Pearl Jam content. And um, that's all I got to say about that. We did a hard first show today. I'm in a good mood, so we'll end it on that. This may be the end. We're here, but not for much longer. And although we may be parting ways, Miss you already, and I miss you always. Thanks, everybody, for indulging on my hometown show. We are three down and three to go with it. And after next year, we will only have one Hartford show left until they come back in 2022. John, I hope your ending is saying bring them to Hartford in 2022, because that's that's my ending here. I'll say dance in the aisles. I will say, though, that all this information on the internet, all this information, I suggest that you read it for one reason and one reason only. At $40 million, it's, it's the most expensive porno magazine this country has ever collectively pitched in to buy. Besides that, I think we should always a middle finger up in the air and just say as loud as we can, Get on with it. So on the count of three. One, two, three.
Let's go back. Let's go back. Be careful getting out, okay? Alright? There's too many good people. No one should be uh, upset or hurt on the way out, alright? We love you. Thanks very much for everything. You made us feel really nice man. Thank you very much. Much love. Good night. Goodbye.